Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Calm Collective Podcast. I'm Cassandra. I am currently enjoying a little glass of rosé. We are doing an evening recording tonight. Um, It's almost 6 p.m. here in Chicago, and I had a really productive workday, which felt really good. I'm super excited when I wake up feeling very energetically and creatively charged. That's truly getting me through these times of isolation and I'm really grateful that I'm having that that sort of energy to put stuff out and to get around to things that like I always said that I wanted to do and just didn't have the time or the space to make them happen so that's been really really nourishing um, I also as you know have been podcasting like crazy which has felt so so good so I'm really hopeful that we can keep up the momentum because that's also been extremely nourishing and just been a really special way to connect with other humans um, at a time that feels, well, so isolating. But with all that being said, I do just want to put this out there that if you aren't feeling motivated, if you aren't feeling creative, and if you're just in a state of being and in a state of just wanting to remain still and Um, relax and watch Netflix and read books. Oh my gosh, I hate that I feel like I have to even give you permission or tell you that it's okay to do so, but it is more than okay to do those things if that is what is bringing you peace and joy and comfort. Right now is such a strange but beautiful time, I think, as far as it as far as it goes energetically, for us to all just really tap into ourselves and see what works for us. I think oftentimes we as human beings can get put on autopilot and be forced to just work and resume life in this robotic tone. I think that's very normal uh, based on society's pressures of how we're supposed to be in the everyday world here on earth. And so the fact that we're at a time where everything has closed down and some of our jobs look really, really different, although it's very scary, I just hope that those of you who are feeling and that are in this mentality of less than or you're not doing enough, that you really give yourself permission to just go in and feel those feelings and let them be good. Let them be valid. Let them be felt because they are. And your feelings are meant to be felt in whatever way that that feels good to you. Some days it might feel like you want to put on some music and just dance like a complete weirdo in your apartment. I have definitely been there. And other times it's just you want to get lost in Ozark season three. I get it. And I just think that we need to offer so much grace to everyone around us and be really, really mindful with what we're taking in on social media. Um, I've fortunately been really lucky to have a little bit of both. I'm not too overwhelmed in one direction as far as like feeling compelled to like or feeling pressure to create or to stay active or do all the things because the juxtaposition is that I also follow a lot of accounts that encourage me to rest in that I'm completely okay if I want to linger in bed all day and watch YouTube videos. So it's a very like yes and experience and more than anything, it's a personal experience. It's yours. So please honor it as such.
So today's episode, I'm really excited for you guys to listen to. We are chatting with Lucy Green of the Homebody Club. If you don't know the Homebody Club, it's a beautiful, beautiful online platform for women to connect digitally, um, which could not be more crucial or important than right now. Lucy is just such a gift, and I really, really admire and love the way that her brain works and just what she exudes just by simply being here on this planet. And I really can't wait to do a deep dive with her about all things Homebody Club, about spirituality, about relationships and forming those relationships, um, and especially the relationship with ourself. I think we hit a really good stride when it came to things like the imposter syndrome in comparison, which I know is a collective thing, but I think as women, we tend to do it quite a bit, um, maybe a bit more than, than the male species. I can't speak for them, but I have a hunch. So I'm really grateful that we were able to talk about this episode um, or talk about this subject in this episode with such great detail and so much compassion. Really can't wait for you to hear from her. So I'm not even going to talk anymore. Let's just jump right into this show. Lucy, thank you so much for being here today. I'm so excited to dive into this interview because I have so many little nuggets that I want to chat with you about. I really respect not only the online community that you've built, but your mission behind the community itself. It's such a breath of fresh air. So hello. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to chat with you. Yeah, me too. So before we dive in, can you share with the listeners what the Homebody Club is? Yeah, sure. So um, Homebody Club is a space for women to explore the intersection of self-development and spirituality. So yeah, we go into self-development, mindfulness, self-care, spirituality, everything. And so um, I initially started it as a blog and weekly newsletter, and it is now a monthly membership. So in the monthly membership, we have expert um, people coming in to teach masterclasses. Mm. We have moon guides, um, modules on self-development and self-care and yeah, just lots of juicy, amazing stuff. Oh my gosh. That's so important. And especially like no more important time than right now to join something like that and to have that sort of support. I think that's incredible. Yeah. It's, um, it's so good to just dive in and, um, distract you sometimes from what's going on. That's a beautiful distraction. It's not a bad one. (laughs) So let's take one step back for a moment and let's give everyone just a little background as to who you are. So can you shed some light on your background, like where you're from, what your childhood was like and how you got to this point in your life? Sure. So I am from South Australia. Um, so Adelaide in Australia and, um, so I'm an only child. So I grew up on the coast um, with my parents and some pets. Um, and it was just, yeah, great childhood, um, really cruisy. And yeah, spent a lot of time at the beach and mm-hmm. hanging out by myself reading. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so I went to uni and did a degree in marketing. And where I'm from, um, so I wanted to be in fashion marketing originally. Mm-hmm. 
and where I'm from, it's just not the right industry. And so when I finished my degree, I had to move to a different state for my career, um, which is about a nine-hour drive away from home. Um, So I moved to Melbourne when I was 21 and I was in corporate marketing in fashion and retail for around six years. Um, And that was amazing and I absolutely love fashion and yeah, it was a great experience, loved it. Um, And I got, I started questioning, I started um, diving into self-development and spirituality and I really started questioning my purpose and whether I was helping the world Mm -hmm. through um, retail marketing. Mm -hmm. And so I decided to um, move to a startup which was a part-time role. Uh, It was a health startup. And so it essentially gave me the space to um, really work out what I wanted to do with my life and how I wanted to contribute to the world. Mm -hmm. And so that's where Homebody Club developed and came around. Oh, that's amazing. What was that journey like for you? I know it's different for everyone, but like leaving corporate and taking that plunge to just do you know, your own thing and to create something and put something out into the world that you knew had to be out there. What was that journey like for you? I'd love to hear the scary nuggets, the really empowering ones, maybe even just like a few of the steps that you took. Um, The listeners out there, there's a lot of them that are either in that transition or they daydream about that transition. I think it would be really expansive for them to hear from you. Yeah. Um, I was listening to a lot of podcasts at the time. Um, and yeah, just trying to work out what I wanted to do with my life. And it was, I was very uncertain. Mm. And um, I think the main factor moving from corporate to startup initially was ego. So I was in a quiet, if my younger self would have been really proud of my position that I was in and the brand that I was in. And so it was really hard for me to let that go. Um, And I also, because of the ego factor, I perceived it as then my family wouldn't be as proud of me Mm. because um, I was moving away from um, a role that I'd worked initially, like essentially three years of uni and six years of my career for, mm-hmm. so nine years in total. And so that was really hard. And that was probably the massive factor for me to get over was that um, my identity is not tied to my job mm. and that my friends and my family will still love me if I'm not in this corporate role and also that um, – yeah, why was I staying in something that wasn't making me happy, that wasn't fulfilling me, um, and that I was, yeah, constantly questioning. And so I really didn't know what I was going to do. And essentially the step from corporate to startup was just to give myself space. I never thought that the startup would then be my career for the rest of my life. It was literally like, I don't know what I'm doing, mm-hmm. so... Instead of making this plunge, I didn't have Homebody Club in my head. I hadn't even thought about it. I didn't know what I was going to do. So I just needed to give myself that space. So, yeah, it was getting over my own ego 
And then the next step was giving myself space to then explore things, um, research things, consume a lot of um, content. So podcasts, videos, books, um, seeing what everyone else was doing and what resonated with me, not in terms Mm -hmm. of copying, but as you Mm -hmm. said, um, as an expansion, as role models. Um, Yeah, so I didn't think that stepping into another full-time role would give me that space. It would just be the same nine-to-five grind. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that was also looking at, you know, in practical terms, finances as well. So how can I afford it? Um, Was it, you know, putting away savings or finding, which I did, found a part-time role that was actually the same salary as what I was making um, as my full-time. That's amazing. Yeah. So it was really getting clear on Mm -hmm. the things that I could control and the things that I knew that I wanted, Mm -hmm. which was like two or three things compared to everything else in the world. And so, yeah, it was just taking it literally step by step of what to do next Yeah. And it really is, like you said, it sounds kind of trite and cliche, but it really is like seeing is believing, you know, like the more that you can see that it's possible, the more enters into your mind of like, why not me? And like, of course I can do this. Um, I left corporate 10 years ago and I wish more than anything that podcasts were a thing back then. Um, because I think, I mean, I would have done things a little bit differently. I had a really beautiful mentor. My dad was an entrepreneur and so he guided me, but like, you know, you see the age difference and sort of, he started in the eighties. I was starting in the two thousands. So there was like a little bit of a divide there on like kind of what was relevant starting a business in the two thousands. Um, so yeah, I think that's really great advice for anyone listening to just dive into podcasts and use it as an expansion and do not feel like you need to do what everyone else is doing, but just take what works and leave the rest. Exactly. And yeah, yeah on your point of um, seeing people make that transition, I literally only knew one person in my day-to-day friendship group life Mm -hmm. that had moved from corporate to being um, a freelancer Mm. and yeah so that was really tricky for me because my whole um, my whole friendship circle and corporate and yeah co-workers and corporate network are all just doing nine to five and so it felt like even though it's so not true now um it felt like I was the only one going through it and then it's this really isolating feeling of feeling alone the fact that you want something different Mm -hmm. to the group um and it's like is there something wrong with me the fact that I don't want to work my butt off um doing overtime being really stressed burning out like is there something wrong with me and it's only yeah finding people um through that content and then um, making my, you know, meeting new people in real life that really um, concreted my beliefs and that, yeah, what I was doing was right for me. Yeah, absolutely. You had said something where you were talking about your job and you said, you said your job doesn't define your identity, which I loved. So my question is, what would you say does define your identity? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I believe that what defines my identity, 
I think it's how I, um, my actions, how I act in integrity mm-hmm. um, and with my morals and um, my own beliefs. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I don't believe that our jobs define us, our material possessions define us. Um, and I think that the, it's such a hard question. Um, You're I think answering it beautifully, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's like what's important to you. Mm-hmm. And so what's important to me is my my friends, my family, and that I um, yeah, act within my morals. So I would say that that's the acting from integrity mm-hmm. and honour and grace is um, what I strive for to be. And that's essentially my identity. Well, and that's so interesting, your answer. I'm like nodding my head back and forth because, you know, for anyone who is familiar with Lucy's platform, the Homebody Club, that embodies all of that. And it's just so crystal clear. So it's such a true representation of not only maybe your identity, but what you hope for more in the world. Um, So that's really, really beautiful. And the community that you have created is so lovely for a multitude of reasons, but what I really value is how you celebrate human connection. Has this always been the way that you've gone through life, like really valuing relationships and connection, or was there a moment or an experience that made it heightened to you and like inspired you to create this sanctity for people to come together? Well, I started Homebody Club because when I moved from corporate to startup, I felt really lonely. Mm. Um, so the startup was two other people and they weren't in the office that much. So it was essentially, I was by myself most of the time. And that is coming from a corporate team of 60 people. Mm. And so the social interactions that I used to have of like coming in and chatting with the girls, going, getting coffee, having meetings, um, lunchtime walks, everything like that was completely gone. And so I started, um, thinking, and so I was consuming so much content because I was by myself as well. So yeah, so happy that podcasts are around Mm -hmm. because I was smashing them for five to six hours a day just by myself (laughs) with the headphones on. Um, and so I started thinking, you know, I'm learning all, all of this amazing things and I would really love to talk to people about it, um, my friends all worked full time. Um, I would come home and I could feel that my boyfriend was like, okay, enough, enough mm-hmm. talking about all, the, mm-hmm. all these subjects. So that's when I decided that I wanted to start something online just to connect with like-minded people. Um, and I was really tossing up, you know, do I start a podcast? Um, is it just an Instagram? What what felt most natural to me. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that when I was um, really self-reflecting, one of the things that I realized that through my life, because I'm an only child, I moved into state when I was 21 and I didn't know anybody and I didn't have any family. And now um, moving from corporate to startup, I've had these really strong themes of being alone and lonely throughout my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and because of that, I have quite a deep understanding. And so I wanted to, yeah, I wanted to connect people. I wanted to create a safe space for those who also felt lonely 
that they could all come together and connect. Um, and that's how I started Homebody Club just first as a blog so then I could whatever I was consuming and learning about, I could then chat about mm. um, or what I was going through. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's kind of, yeah, expanded all um, from there. That's so amazing. So one of my personal life missions is to ensure that I'm always honoring my human experience by just even just embracing its complexities, right? Like understanding that feelings aren't wrong, feelings are meant to be felt, and that life isn't meant to be easy, it's meant to be lived, and that I'm not meant to shrink to conform, right? I'm meant to expand to just bring forth truth in whatever way that feels true to me. So you write so many beautiful journal entries on your website um, when it comes to like self-expression and just self-acceptance. So what would your message be to those who are being told, especially women, that they need to shrink to fit in? Oh, that makes me so sad. Mm -hmm. And I have definitely gone through that in corporate as well. It's kind of like be quiet and just sit at the chair at the meeting and, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's really hard. Um, if they're being told, there are two different things. If they're being told directly, then I would be questioning the situation, whatever the situation is and who they are. If it's with a partner, if it's with a job, um, yeah, I would be making a plan to get out and to move on from that and mm-hmm. to take next steps. But I also, it could just be society, but it could just be that belief and um, what they have been brought up with. So they have already got that subconscious belief about yeah. um, being quiet. And so then it's working through the blocks and working out why you think that you should be like that and where have you been taught that in your past Um, how that makes you feel and what are small steps to start overcoming it. Is it that, um, you know, next time you're in a confrontational argument, an argument or conversation Mm -hmm. that you actually stand up for yourself or you say one thing. It's not like suddenly overnight you're going to be standing up for yourself and being loud and, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, not shrinking away. I think it's really working on that inner dialogue and working on your own self-development and confidence and slowly making that journey over time. Mm, The inner dialogue. I love that so much. That's so true. That's pretty much where everything lies, right? It's the intuition, which I definitely want to talk to you about that in a little bit. So what about the women who fear change? So even though they've outgrown their current state of being, so maybe they feel trapped, what would you say to them, to the women who just want to expand and kind of leave what they know to be familiar oh it's so hard I have had such a huge fear of change Mm -hmm. my whole life which is funny because then I'm like oh yeah I moved into state and (laughs) things like that yeah um but yeah it's hard I think you have to look at um you know the pros and cons or um what's going to happen if you don't change how are you going to feel? What is your situation going to look like? What is the future going to look like? Um, and then on the flip side, what does it look like if you make that change? And, mm. um, you know, what will you gain from it? What will you feel? Um, what will your future look like? Um, 
Yeah, and then again, looking at that in a dialogue and the blocks of um, why you haven't made that decision, why haven't you jumped? Mm-hmm. And yeah, it doesn't need to be a huge thing. It doesn't need to be like me moving into state um, or yeah, a huge jump. It mm-hmm. can just be step by step. And I think we need to look at um, another thing of like expanding and role models is if you try to find somebody that is doing what you want to do or the change that you want to make. And so then you can start researching and looking into them. How did they do it Um, and make it possible in your unconscious mind so then it doesn't actually seem so scary because somebody else has done it. So why can't you? Absolutely. I really like too that you said, you know, what would it look like if I didn't make these changes? What would it look like if I did? I'm a very visual person and I am a huge advocate for journaling, but even just like pen to paper, I think the act of writing out what your inner self is thinking is really, really powerful. It makes it more real somehow. And so for anyone that's listening, you know, what Lucy is saying, I would also take that into thought and then put that to paper make like a side-by-side list of what it would look like to stay where you are and even like kind of time travel a little bit and then what would it look like if you changed what are all of the realities that could come from taking those leaps that you want to take yeah I absolutely love journaling and I journal every day me too it's it's really powerful for me, especially when I'm feeling really overwhelmed or anxious. Mm -hmm. It's so good to be like, okay, this is everything that I'm feeling right now. Mm -hmm. And why am I feeling like this? And then is this actual fact or is it just a narrative that I'm making up in my head from the fear or anxiety or stress? Yeah, I know. It's so funny how many times that I've written things down And I play the why game a lot. Like I'll write how I feel or I'll write something down and then I'll follow it up with why. And then I'll answer that why and then do it again, do it again until I get to the point where I'm like, that is no. Like that's nothing to be concerned about or it's definitely a story that I've created in my head. So yeah, journaling is very therapeutic. Totally. And it always gets back to like two or three main fears that I have. Um, What are your main fears? I have a real fear of failure um, and fear of scarcity and fear Mm. of judgment. Mm. So those are the three things that I'm constantly aware of and working on. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that. I know that can be very vulnerable. (laughs) (laughs) Especially during these times, it's like, it's so triggering as well. Oh, yeah. I know. My journal is like almost all the way full just from when we started quarantine and isolation. I'm like, there's so much coming up. Well, go ahead. Oh, but um, yeah, that's a that's a huge way for me to um, to be dealing with these sort of times as well is Mm. journaling and yeah, yeah, exploring exploring the fears and exploring why I'm feeling like it. So yeah, not bypassing it. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. So you've created this really powerful way for women to connect and find like-minded women, which is really, really amazing. But because we are human within community, comparison or feelings of imposter syndrome can often arise. And I love the quote, comparison is the thief of joy. And I really, really do resonate with that. But all the same, it can be really tough to navigate when you feel like you're coming up short when surrounded by other women. What would you tell those people who are struggling within that specific area of 
constantly comparing or feeling like an imposter within their own life? Oh, imposter syndrome is so hard. And yeah, it is something that even I, um, my boyfriend actually caught me doing on the weekend. He was like, maybe you should stop comparing and just focus on what you're doing. And I'm like, he "Hmm, sounds like a gem. It's like Like a little mirror. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's so hard. And it's funny because our brains are actually naturally wired to compare and they're always thinking about our social status and what, um, and the judgment of other people. Mm -hmm. And so it's essentially, yeah, so an unconscious wiring that always has us running. So we could either compare ourselves to people and, um, put them at a essentially a higher scale than us and think that they're better than us or we could look at them from a perspective of that they're a role model breaking down how we can get to where they are or their goal mm-hmm. their career their hobby whatever they're doing that you are comparing yourself to mm-hmm. um yeah I think it's also about that in a dialogue again so your beliefs around this, what is what it what is triggering you, what are the fears? Um and again that pleasure and pain. So um if you're scared of doing something and you're comparing yourself to somebody else and saying, like, take Home Buddy Club for example. I've been running it for about a year and a half now. And a year and a half ago there and there still is so many blogs. So at the time I could have thought why should I bother starting this blog? Because there are so many out there. Mm. There are so many really successful ones looking at the ones that are making millions of dollars a year mm-hmm. um, and comparing myself to the point of um, not launching Homebody Club. But yeah. um, instead I looked at ones that were successful and I thought, okay, what are they doing right? What am I liking about them, what can I do differently? Um, what would be the pain of not launching? And that is sharing my voice, feeling heard, feeling seen, connecting with other people, um, helping other people to not feel so alone and feeling like they are heard. Um, and then, yeah, the, the pleasure of launching something, what would that look like in a now year and a half later? I could never have imagined that I have a membership, Mm. um, a weekly newsletter, things like that. So, yeah, it's really um, flipping that mindset instead of negatively comparing what are the positives and what can we get from it. Yeah, and something that I really try to do because I don't have it so much within like podcasting or the Calm Collective, but I'm also um, a photographer and like it can really show up in moments like that Um, and even just – in how women my age are living their lives based on, like, societal norms, right? Um, Like, where I think that I should be. I have a very good grip on where I think I should be personally as opposed to what society says, so I feel really good there. But one thing that I learned somewhat early on is that those feelings of comparison don't have to be wrapped up in this, like, distaste or this negative mind frame. Instead, what really helped me was to sort of flip it on its head and say, oh, there's something here for me. There's something that's calling to me. There's something that's intriguing to me enough to be envious, if you will. What is it? 
and then working to strip down those pieces of like, what is it about this person's life, about this person's career, about what this person is doing that I actually feel attracted to, right? And that I would like to embody more of what is that as opposed to like making it such a lack mentality, making it more of like a curiosity, you know? Yeah. And it's, it's like any trigger, whether it is imposter syndrome or you find somebody really annoying on Instagram Mm -hmm. or whatever that is, you can flip it, like you said, and it's like, what is this trying to teach me? What, you know, what is this trying to highlight for me? Mm -hmm. I honestly, if I could give a gift to every single human and I say this, let me, let me preface by saying that I do the work every day. So I'm not saying this, like I have it in the bag. I do this work every single day. I'm triggered every single day because I'm a human. But if I could give one gift to every single person in this world, it would be to have the activated mindset of looking at things like when they don't, like you said, the annoying girl on Instagram, being able to look at it. And instead of being cruel or just being like, she's X, Y, or Z, instead being like, what triggers me about her? Like, where is that coming from? Because it always has to do with, you know, how you're feeling. She didn't do anything to you. She's just being herself and putting herself out there. So, like, where is the trigger in that for you? And that's given me actually a lot of freedom to release judgment, um, which really opens up a lot of self-acceptance when you can free yourself from judgment of other people. Yeah, exactly. And if they are triggering you that much, put them on mute for a while. Exactly. And work through the triggers. Yeah. Don't, you don't, have don't to keep listen. on putting yourself through it. Yeah, exactly. So you wrote on Instagram, by the way, you guys, if you don't follow Lucy's, uh, the Homebody Club, I don't know whether to say like Lucy or the Homebody Club, they're collective at this point. Um, So many good nuggets. I just feel like you're just constantly giving out like free therapy every day. It's amazing. Um, Also, before we hit record, I told Lucy, I'm like, you are everywhere on Pinterest. So if you're a Pinterest fanatic like me, definitely follow along because again, so many, so many good nuggets. You wrote, one of the posts you had was how your life feels is more important than how it looks. And it's such a simple statement, but it carries so much punch and it really, really, really hit me because to me, it felt like it was this permission slip, even for just a moment, that it's okay to like let go of this idea of perfectionism. And another one of my favorite quotes that Brene Brown has said is that I'm a recovering perfectionist and an aspiring good enoughist. So in what ways of your life have you really learned to just let go, to trust and to be more in alignment with the energetics of your life rather than the appearance of what it looks like? Mm, I love, I love Brene Brown so much. What (laughs) a goddess. I know. Um, Okay, in terms of perfectionist, I always used to be such a perfectionist at work. Um, And I also, like I've said before, about the ego adventure about corporate and um, startup is Mm -hmm. that, you know, I was like, how is my life feeling compared to how is it looking and why am I caring more about how it's looking and I'm feeling depleted and burnt out and anxious and stressed. So, you know, why am I doing that? Mm-hmm. Um, I, it's actually been such a huge self-development tool running your own business. Okay. Um, and 
especially because for Homebody Club, I do everything myself. And so the perfectionist tendencies that I used to have about everything being perfect and checking a journal post, you know, 20 times before Mm -hmm. um, publishing and things like that have, it's kind of forced me to throw them out the window because I just don't have time and the capacity to do that anymore. Um, So that has been a huge lesson for me of things don't have to be perfect. I can be human. Things can be messy and people will still support me and show up even if there is a typo in my caption or things like that. Um, Sometimes it's even more attractive to me, you know, when I see someone showing up like, or even doing like an Instagram live or something like that. And they're just like, oops, like they lose their train of thought. I'm like, oh, that is so human. I'm, I'm here for it. I love it. Totally. Or going on random rants. And <laughs> yeah. like, Where did the last 10 minutes go? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, and I'm still working through it a lot as well. I think that when I started Homebody Club, um, I could kind of hide behind this brand and not be seen. And now I'm realizing that, like you said, it's actually more attractive for me to be somewhat of the face and to talk to people and mm-hmm. to be the voice um, and put my name to it. Um, so people realize that I am human and, you know, I'm learning and I'm on the journey with them. And that, yeah, that's still something that I work through in my confidence now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, so that's probably my mm-hmm. biggest perfectionist lesson at the moment is that I don't need to be perfect and showing up for um, the community and the brand doesn't need to be perfect. It can just be, yeah, my messy self. I feel that so deeply. I think one of my biggest hangups, which it sounds actually really silly when I say it out loud, but it's just showing face, like even doing videos. I'm like, ooh, that feels like I have to like be a certain way or, you know, look a certain way to be respected or to be, um, accepted. And like, that is definitely something I'm working through and like little by little I'm showing more and more face. So I understand that entirely. Yeah. It's so hard. And, um, and realizing that you don't have to be an expert in everything. It can just be that we're all learning together. And that's why I love to bring, um, experts into my master classes for the membership so I can learn from them as well and it's literally like we're all learning together yes that's how I feel about this podcast like I'm so grateful yeah. to have people on all the time just like dropping these like golden messages everyone else gets to learn but I'm front and center it's amazing um also with the perfectionist talk I think something to note too that I've come to realize is that what's imperfect to me or like what you feel like is imperfect might be perfect to someone else right so like something that you're stewing over and you're like this is a mess if you just decided to put it out because it's good enough someone else might look at that and be like that is perfect I needed that right in this moment and so that is something that I'm trying to relinquish that control from as well and looking outside of myself because I think you and I can relate with our platforms it's not it's it's a form of self-expression it's coming from us it's something that we feel like we need to do it's a pull but it's ultimately for the collective right it's to help others and so I try to bring myself back to that thought often of like it's about me yes but it's so much more about everyone else 
And in that as well, it's so hard to not have your identity combined and mm. um, intertwined with something like, yeah, your podcast or um, blog or things like that. It's, you know, it's easy to say with corporate when it's not your identity and you can um, separate, but when it's your time and your thoughts and, yeah, your soul essentially that you're sharing with people, it's so hard to not be caught up and start um, seeing it as, like, it's a reflection on you. And so Mm -hmm. if anybody has any, like, if anybody makes comments Mm -hmm. or feedback, it's, at the start, it was so hard for me not to take it personally. Oh, be sure. like, oh my god, this is a dagger to That's my so heart. That's so human. I yeah, can't, yeah. I can't take it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm still working on it now. There are sometimes where I'm like, "That's so dumb," but you know, mm-hmm. we're, we're human. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's a, yeah, it's like you said, it's getting back to that mindset of it's about the collective mm-hmm. and sharing with others. And when that happens, I do two things that I have like these two different visuals and it just varies from time to time. It's almost like automatic now when it happens. But if I'm getting feedback that's like not um, constructive or whatever, I will envision that I'm wrapped like or just have this like bubble around me and things that are being said, I can hear them and I like see them at face value, but they bounce right off. Um, that's yeah, it's been really helpful. Or also when someone is talking to me or someone is speaking, it doesn't work so much with like the written word, but when someone is speaking, whether it's on the phone or in person, I'll envision that I'm holding up a mirror in front of my face. So they're just, what they're saying to me is like a mirrored reflection back to them. And I'm just like, I have this like mirror held up to be like, this is about them. This is not about me. Um, yeah, I love that. Yeah, it's really, really helpful. And that that isn't to say, again, that like constructive criticism is one thing. That's really, really beautiful. And I value that so much. But I think we've all heard non-constructive criticism. And that's when those visuals really, really help. So you often talk about the intuition, which I love. Um, I live my life purely based on my intuition and have been for the past two years. And it has yet to lead me astray. So have you always been in touch with yours or was it a journey to really build that trust muscle? It was such a journey Mm -hmm. and I didn't realize that I I used to say growing up, you know, oh, my gut says this or, you know, um, oh, I just feel like this. And I didn't really make that connection that, you know, it's my intuition guiding me and talking to me. Mm -hmm. Um, And... It was really only when I yeah, started giving myself space and started consciously and mindfully living my day-to-day instead of um, being stressed and, you know, thinking about the next activity to do or the next thing that I have to accomplish or the next meeting or um, living in a really heightened state that I started tapping into my intuition more, more. And that's not to say that it's actually quite hard for me to I feel like I'm um, quite an overthinker and Mm -hmm. can be a perfectionist sometimes and really overanalyze. And in situations like what the world is in right now, I actually realized that I wasn't listening to my own intuition and that I wasn't tapping into myself because I was too busy being distracted by everything, the news and Mm. all the panic and that was going on. Um, and so it's, yeah, it's been a real journey for me on setting those energetic boundaries and um, taking the time for myself to, to listen in and to create that space in my mind. 
Mm, yeah. What would you say to the women who struggle to hear or to trust that part of themselves? Um, I would say start start trying different activities mm-hmm. of how you can um, tap into yourself. So is that meditation? And there are so many different forms of meditation. Mm-hmm. So um, it, I've never consistent I, I find it really hard to consistently meditate to be Same, honest me too. journaling is a huge meditative activity for me and that's where I probably um feel the best and that's yeah my activity and that has taken a really long time I started um I started journaling because of the morning pages and I now don't set myself um the the morning pages ask you to do three pages of unconscious stream. Is that from writing. the artist's way? The book the yes. Artist? Okay. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, I don't force myself to do three pages now. And sometimes I'll do like five pages or yeah, but that was a really good practice um, to set yourself an activity per day that you mm-hmm. sit down and just tap into yourself and your emotions and your thoughts. And then, yeah, it starts getting easier once it's just it's like yeah any muscle you just have to practice yeah um yeah even activities like walking without headphones or you know listening to a podcast just doing something by yourself that's giving you that space to really tap into how you're feeling Mm -hmm. um getting mindful starting to notice the things around you and just yeah to like consciously tap back into yourself absolutely I think silence is such a huge piece of it just like and you can do silence within journaling you can do silence within a walk in nature like you said without headphones and I think something else that's been helpful for me is almost doing like a body scan like how does this feeling like where do I feel it in my body Um, and Mm -hmm. then asking myself the question and then noticing where that feeling resides. Right. So, um, I think, like you said, I think I love that you're saying that it's, it's also, it's not immediate, right? Like it takes time, just like it takes time to build up trust with another human being. It also takes time to trust yourself. Um, I think it's really easy to look outward for all of the answers. And so it can feel a little freaky to (laughs) completely just rely on yourself. But I think, I can speak for myself and maybe I can speak for Lucy. I'm not sure. You can interrupt if I am. But um, once you kind of get into that flow, you just really recognize the voice and you recognize the deep knowing and the feeling um, that your inner self is is giving you. Um, yeah. Yeah, it becomes a lot less scary and almost like I love my mother, but even more reassuring than like what your own parent can offer you as far as guidance you know definitely and yeah it's a journey and there's going to be moments where you feel fully tapped in and connected Mm -hmm. and then there are other times where you're not and that's just normal that's just the ebb and flow and like like you said like I love going to um going to energetic healers or I've seen yes. a psychic and things like that. Mm-hmm. And and I love it from a curiosity perspective, but mm-hmm. I'm not going there to find the answers because you have the answers. You don't need to be told what to do by somebody else or told, you know, what your journey or what your future is going to look like. Um, that shouldn't be the reason why you're going to see 
those sort of practitioners, if you are, um, yeah, it's all an inner knowing and yeah, you can find it within yourself I love, if you give yourself that space. Yeah, I love that you just said that so much. That was something that even just, oh gosh, maybe less than a year ago, I caught myself. I was stuck as far as like what to do next. And I found myself emailing the psychic that I had seen quite a few times. I, I've always seen psychics to connect with my dad. That's always been like the pure reason for me. That's been very healing. And then I started noticing that I was like relying on her to tell me what to do. (laughs) And I was like, Mm -hmm. oh, that doesn't feel good. Like that doesn't feel correct. And I definitely ignored it a few times. And now it's been like just this huge relief that I actually don't have to look you know outward to any other people or I mean if we're being totally honest spend hundreds of dollars right to have someone give me great guidance I'm not knocking them at all they can give you really great guidance but like a lot of those answers I already know and all I need to do is just like quiet the noise to figure it out yeah I always um so I love tarot cards and I um, always pull a tarot card every morning. It's Me just part too. of my routine. I love that. But I see tarot cards as a tool to tap into your intuition. 100%. So when you pull out that card and you read the theme of it and you go, oh, yeah, that is connected to this, this, and this, that's your mind and your intuition telling you what you what's going on, what you're focusing on, or what you need to change. Yes. Um, and some people believe oh, that it's the universal spiritual guiding and things like that. But personally, for me, a lot of these tools are literally just tapping into my own intuition. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Oh and my so gosh. it's just helping to facilitate that connection. Yeah, that's probably one of my biggest acts of self-care, to be honest, is pulling tarot cards. And I have a lot of people in my life who are skeptics and like what that's I feel like you just took the words out of my mouth. That's the approach that I take with them is I'm like, it doesn't have to be this mystical thing. It can really be a way to just like tap in with yourself. And sometimes if I'm not feeling particularly mystical, I mean, I'm very spiritual, but there are days where I'm just like, I'm just kind of not there right now. My frequency is lower than it usually is. I look at it as like a journaling prompt, you know, like I pull that card and I'm like, Ooh, yeah, there's something I want to write about it. There's something I need to get off my chest. Other times. Yeah. I do feel like it's this universal pull where I'm like, I feel so connected to that message. Um, but yeah, I love so much that you pull tarot. I actually just gifted my girlfriend her first tarot deck. Um, yeah, I know. I was so excited for her and she's already like, how have I not done this before? It's so, so healing. Yeah, it's such a beautiful practice and yet another way to just stop. Even if you're pulling one card and it's like five minutes of shuffling, pulling, Mm -hmm. and then looking at it and reflecting, it's another way of just connecting with yourself for Mm -hmm. five minutes or longer for that day. Yeah, so I'm curious because I've seen it a couple different ways. So my sister, when she pulls, she'll she'll shuffle and then she'll keep them all in her hand and she'll take her thumb and just like kind of shuffle the tops and she'll just – stop and she says that's like she stops when her intuition says to stop and she picks that card I spread mine out and I just like take a while to look and my eye always ends up going back to the same card and that's what I pull do you have a rhythm for like how you choose your cards yes that's I love yeah I love that we all have different ways I know Um, so I shuffle and I sit with my eyes closed and I essentially do like a little meditation Mm -hmm. so I just slowly breathe and so 
because I pull one a day, it's it's like what's the message for today or what's the theme for today? And I'll just keep on shuffling and do some really deep breaths. And, um, yeah, when I feel called to stop, I just stop and flip it and flip the card. So sometimes I could be meditating for like five minutes. Other times it's like 30 seconds Mm -hmm. and I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm ready. Oh, that's amazing. Okay. Yeah, I love hearing how everyone does it so differently. So you've said something in the past that resonated really deeply with me because prior to really leaning into my intuition for all of my answers, this is where I was planted. You said, learn the difference between your intuition guiding you and your trauma misleading you. Can you break that down for us a little bit? Yeah, so there's a difference between your gut feeling and or your intuition and something that you feel pulled and called to do and and then there's your trauma leading you and so I always think of it as you know what's the overall feeling am I feeling really excited and energized and really keen to do this or um yeah make the change make the call um or am I making this decision and doing this from an act of fear? Um, is it because I'm, example, um, am I scared that um, all of my income's going to freeze up so I'm going to do this mm. instead? Um, am I afraid of failing so instead I'm going to make this um, make this mediocre decision instead of like really doing what I wanted to do um yeah I honestly it's like the feeling in your body um and your mental clarity and so what is leading you um that makes is it from a confident excited Mm -hmm. passionate space or is it is your body tense um are you feeling scared or anxious or yes, stressed or um, is it a knee-jerk reaction? Yeah, like are you led by fear Yeah, is what it sounds like. Yeah, are you letting fear be the driver behind your decisions? Oh, that makes so much sense, yeah. And I think we can all relate to that, Um, that it comes back to that scarcity mindset, right? Exactly. Almost doing things within desperation. Yeah, and so it, and it's really hard in that moment when you're making like when you have a reaction or when you're making that call mm-hmm. to stop and think about why you're doing it, why you're making this decision or reaction, and you know what is driving it and what is leading you. Mm-hmm. And again, maybe coming back to doing that body scan, where do you feel in your body and what does it feel like? Exactly, like you, you know, said. if your mm-hmm. chest is really tight and you feel tense and your shoulders are and like your hands are all clenched up Mm -hmm. and yeah, then it's clearly not your intuition. Your intuition wouldn't be making you feel like that. You Mm -hmm. would be feeling so confident and safe and um, just right in your decision. Mm -hmm. That's something that I learned and I don't remember where I learned it, but it was so cut and dry and I was just like, aha, duh. But where she said, oh, it was a book. It was called Meet Your Soul. Um, Oh, so good. Oh, it's fantastic. Um, Alyssa Romeo. It's like one of my favorite books in the world. And she basically just says like your soul, your intuition will never make you feel bad. Like you just won't feel bad. It is your highest self. It is your highest form of expression. She'll protect you, but it still won't feel bad. 
So if anything ever feels bad or negative, that's something to check in with. Um, But ultimately, it's like a sense of like a feeling of ease, of gentleness, of excitement, of ecstasy, you know, rather than like you said, of that feeling of like doubt and deprecation and like sweaty palms and clenched fists and heart palpitations, you know. Um, I think it's really, really important to kind of see the diversity in those two emotions and just to be mindful of those two things. And the more and more that you do it, like you say, the more and more that you do it, the more it kind of becomes second nature and you won't always get it right. And that's okay. That's being human. But, um, the observation is, is really, really powerful. Totally. And, and yeah, it's important that we, we're not perfect and we Mm -hmm. all make these sort of reactions and calls. And there's been a few times where I've, um, made a, yeah, knee-jerk reaction or done something. And then after, like, a day after, I'm like, oh, that was a test and mm-hmm. um, <laughs> I'm going to react or do this differently next time. This yeah. is a lesson. 100%. And we need those. It would be so weird if we didn't have those. We wouldn't expand if we didn't have those lessons and learning curves. Exactly. So spirituality, we'll go back. We're going to go back to that because we touched on it a little bit earlier, but um, spirituality plays a role in your community a little bit. So within the Homebody Club, so what does spirituality look like for you and what role does it play in your life and then also within the Homebody Club? Yeah, I've been on on an interesting journey with spirituality. Um, When I, for... So throughout my whole schooling, I was at um, a private school which was Catholic-led, and so we were we had to go to chapel every single Friday, and so I had a real um, I rebelled against it, mm. and so anything to do with religion or spirituality, I was like, no, you can't force me to believe in this. Um, it just wasn't for me. And so for most of my life, I actually hadn't tapped into it. I was interested um, in religions and um, in ancient mythology and things like that in high school and uni. Um, And so that I was learning from that from a place of curiosity, but I never actually um, connected with it myself. Mm -hmm. And then when I started on my self-development journey, I feel like spirituality like starts to come in and starts to flow in. Mm-hmm. Um, I started learning about yeah your intuition and manifestation and um, spirit guides and yeah meditation and how that is all connected. Mm-hmm. I would call myself a pragmatic um, like pragmatic um, person when it comes to spirituality. I'm not super Mm woo-woo. I really enjoy things and I love learning and um, I love astrology. Yeah. And that is um, a huge thing that I'm actually deep diving into now is like esoteric astrology. So um, the astrology that we all know is more about our personality and our psychology, but then there's also this level of soul astrology and the journey through that. So I'm learning about that at the moment and I'm loving it. Um, Yeah. It's always just been about this learning and discovery for me and what feels good and right. I keep, and then the rest I'm like, okay, that's good to know, but not for me. Yeah. And so 
um, I started yeah, bringing in tarot cards into my morning routine um, probably like six months ago. And um, I, yeah, I've seen a psychic. And so I, I believe in it, but um, yeah, I've been very um, hesitant to really deep dive. And I think that that journey through Harmony Club, like I was very much about self-development. It would be about mindset and like really good habits. And now you can see that as mm-hmm. I'm starting to personally dive into spirituality and the different themes that I'm starting to talk about that more and that will always be sort of intertwined. But mm-hmm. um, I have been told by many different people that I have like a really strong um, like psychic gifts and so I've started tapping into that and exploring what that would look like and yeah that's so exciting yeah yeah and I mean I think you know even within the homebody club and the the membership it's like it like you said it's like it might not always be for some people but like they can just leave those and keep coming back for the other pieces and I think like healthy skepticism and just like tiptoeing and um remaining open-minded is like the most crucial thing for human expansion. So I think that's great that you're not like, yeah, I'm over the top woo, you know, like I believe all of it and I don't really know why I just do, you know, I think it's really valuable to really tap into what feels true for you. Yeah, definitely. And, um, yeah, that's essentially what I want from, um, homebody club in general. It's just guys here are themes here are different things to explore within yourself or um in your routines or um yeah anything but if it doesn't resonate with you leave it Mm -hmm. this isn't like something that you have to believe in this isn't something that you have to follow it's literally like hey I've heard about this I want to share it Mm -hmm. if you're interested cool if not let's move on to the next thing yeah exactly So we are in the time of the COVID-19 pandemic where people are connecting online now more than ever, which has actually been kind of beautiful. And it's happening in such a more empathetic, sensitive way, I feel like. And it's been really beautiful to witness. You were ahead of the curve on this um, with your online community, but how has your community thrived during such a trying time? Yeah, it's been... um it's been a really interesting time and I've definitely been conscious to step up um, the community aspect more of Homebody Club and not Mm. just the content. Mm -hmm. Um, I held a free women's circle last week uh, for the new moon and that was amazing to having um, women come on and connect and we talked about the themes but then also some self-reflection questions and intention setting and that was a really beautiful connection. Um, we also have a private Facebook group for the membership. So talking through that and I've done a few videos and lives just to try to Mm. connect and see how everyone's going and, um, asking them what support that they would like from me or what they're looking for. Um, a lot of people are saying that they kind of want that distraction and to deep dive into new things. So that's where I've been focusing my attention as well. Just trying to get some positive things up for them to explore during these times. So what are some ways that you could tell the listeners that you would recommend um, ways to look after ourselves during this time of isolation? Mm, I think it's um, really important um, to 
be careful and to respect our energetic boundaries. So um, I found that I had the news going and I felt really stressed and anxious. So um, I only check the news once a day. You know, at the moment, everything's changing every day. So it's mm. important to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been limiting Instagram for myself because I found um, myself falling into that comparison trap of there are two things that was kind of like the bypassing of feelings. So people were like, oh, no, you should be positive about this time. And this mm-hmm. is a time for you to get things done. And, um, yeah, um, this is a time for our society to... Um, reflect and it's so true but I also don't want to bypass the feelings of um, being scared or the collective grief that we're all going through right now and personally mm-hmm. I'm um, I really absorb other people's energy so I have really felt the past couple of weeks um, or that hustle mentality of like now oh. you have more time to yeah. get things done yeah. and so I wanted to step back because it just didn't align with how I was feeling yeah. uh, I gave myself a lot more space I'm so I've worked from home for the past eight months so that part of my life hasn't changed mm-hmm. but I've been really careful to set um, stricter boundaries in terms of work and instead of going from work to then social media and chatting on Instagram and Facebook, I've been doing a puzzle. Um, oh, I pulled out, so good. I pulled out like a really old Nintendo DS. Yeah. I've been playing like old school <laughs> That's games. That's amazing. I was just telling just, my best friend Liz, I was like, oh my gosh, what I wouldn't do for 85 Nintendo right now. Yeah. That sounds so nice. Um, and so oh. just things that are um yeah putting those boundaries up because I just started feeling so drained and anxious and I realized that half of the energy that I was feeling and the emotions that I was feeling weren't even my own I was just yeah a sponge um so yeah ramp up the self-care do it do the things that you can at home so whether that's really nice bath or a foot bath um read yeah Yeah. go offline Mm -hmm. just just protect yourself during this time and don't listen to people that say that you have to feel really positive or Mm -hmm. that you have to be hustling all the time maybe this is the time for you to actually relax and take that space for yourself I think that's Um, so important yeah I think that's so important because like there are and I mean I've even felt the juxtaposition of both like for the most part I've actually felt really creative but then I've had a couple of days where I'm like "Ooh, I'm not motivated and it's my personal opinion that this is like such a collective time to heal what hasn't been working and within that that kind of celebrates the freedom to rest right and to um, I mean I'm such an advocate for slowing down that's like a huge message of mine so I think, yeah, I think it's so important that you say that, that like if you're feeling creative, that is amazing. But like if the person sitting next to you is like, nope, this Netflix binge or this, you know, these three books that I have lined up, this is my day, that is equally as productive because, you know, that also it's all mental and it's all energetic and whatever is nourishing you in that moment matters. It's important and it's you know, it, it's, it's valid. So I think I love that. Also, I really, Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. 
I was just going to say, and I think it's, yeah, stepping away from that judgment. So judgment Mm -hmm. on yourself and then judgment on others. So we're all going to be reacting to this in different ways. This Mm -hmm. is an unprecedented time. Um, And so to approach it with compassion and compassion for yourself and Mm -hmm. not judging yourself if, yeah, like you said, you just want to read and hang out instead of work. Yeah, and I have a lot of empathy for people who I think have always been wired since day one to like go, go, go right? That that is like what life is supposed to be like is to like hurry. It's to work hard. It's to like never sit down. They're now being forced into something that feels so unfamiliar. And so I have a lot of empathy and sympathy for those people. So yeah, I think trying your best to not judge other people's experiences. And also like we talked about, Lucy and I talked about earlier, if something isn't sitting well with you on Instagram, you have every right to get off or to mute that account. You don't have to see anything that isn't aiding to your healing right now. Um, That's completely in your control. So I just wanted to reiterate that. Um, Something else that I love, though, when you said that you pulled out, like, the Nintendo and the puzzle, I was, like, I had this moment where I was, like, wait, I love that you went back to, like, such child play and nostalgic pieces. Like, the irony is not lost on me there yeah that, the like, inner child yeah like we're like so more comforting. play yes and like you're using your mind and um yeah just like kind of tapping back into that like yeah like you said that inner child I think that's really really sweet I love that so yeah, and for other people it could be like painting yes. or yeah drawing or things like that but yeah it's so comforting and like you said nostalgic it's been really fun yeah absolutely I to be honest I watched a ton of old Disney movies <laughs> recently that just felt like so nourishing for some reason. Like I, I don't know. I, it, it just brought back so many memories of like just being in the basement with my family and um, yeah. So I think Lucy nails it again. So don't, don't hesitate to like go back to what has always comforted you in the past too. Even if that's like calling one of your parents or yeah, pulling out a puzzle or a board game or anything like that. I think that's great. So I want to close out with what I call rapid fire questions, but by all means, take your time in answering and feel free to speak in detail because I definitely want to hear your answers. Are you ready? I am ready. Okay. In this season of life, what are you most grateful for? I am, I think this period at the moment is making me realize how grateful I am for the foundations of life. So the Mm. simple things of, yeah, having our health, um, having our, my apartment in a safe place and a safe space to create and to rest, Mm. um, health for my family. And you're really appreciating the small things. Um, and being grateful for the fact that I've kind of done the work the past couple of years to now be in a better mindset and to know how to look after myself. Because if this had happened, yeah, a few years ago when I was highly strung and burnt out, it would be a much different reality. Um, I never thought about it that way. That's so true. Me too. Yeah. What is something that you value about yourself? I am, so at the, 
at the moment, one of the things I really value is my creativity. And it was because I thought growing up that I wasn't creative because I couldn't paint Mm. or (laughs) physically create art. And so it only, I only realized, yeah, a few years ago that, oh, I'm actually creative just in my own right. And so I am, yeah, I really love that about myself and like you, I've actually been more creative during this time because I want to create things for people to help them. Mm-hmm. Um, and also just um, my loyalty as well. So I'm super loyal and um, that is a huge part of yeah my identity, as I said at the start. Yeah. And so, yeah. Love that. Are you an mm-hmm. early bird or a night owl? Early bird. Coffee or tea? coffee too much coffee me too (laughs) what is your morning routine if you have one yeah so um I get up have a shower uh I am so I'm technically a morning person but I'm not I just I can't like I can't do a lot in the mornings like I'm a slow riser I think we're the same person like the more you're talking I'm like are we just the same I don't know (laughs) (laughs) yeah so I have a shower and then um yeah get dressed go and make a coffee and then I grab my coffee and I actually sit back in bed which Mm -hmm. everyone would say not to do (laughs) but um that's where I journal and then I pull tarot and then sometimes I meditate I am trying to meditate more but yeah that's my block at the moment Mm -hmm. is to try to do that daily um and then after doing that I start my to-do list um and yeah, then I can like check emails and mm-hmm. I normally, so at the moment because um, of the social distancing, my boyfriend is now working from home and so we are sharing <laughs> the space. Mm-hmm. So I'm currently working from the dining table now. So then, yeah, I move to the dining table and start my day with emails and answering Instagram and all that mm-hmm. fun stuff. What about your evening routine if you have one? Yeah, so... Um, Normally I finish work at about six-ish. I try not to work after that, but, you know, sometimes I'll forget something and I'll be like, oh, no, I need to send this email, but Mm -hmm. I'm trying to get better with boundaries. Uh, I cook dinner most of the time. Um, I find that it's a really nice way to transition from work to personal life, especially when we're spending 24-7 at the apartment at the moment. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we have dinner um we've been re-watching Suits so oh that show is so good it's so good so that has been um so we watch an episode of that and I've been you're doing a puzzle during it mm-hmm. or um playing my Nintendo <laughs> DS yeah. um and then and just doing random things I don't have like a really strict routine but sure. then at nine thirty, um TV and electronics are off um I like wash my face and do my beauty regime and then I read um, for at least half an hour in bed. I love that. Do you have a favorite book or a current one? What's the current one that you're reading? The current one, I've actually got a stack. I've been really bad. I've been um, moving in between a few, but I'm rereading Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert because I saw Elizabeth Gilbert's 
it would have been a month ago now. It was literally before um, Corona hit Australia. And, um, yeah, so I saw her. She did a talk and I'm obsessed. So I want to reread all her things. I'm envious. She's amazing. What is your life motto? Mm. I don't have a life motto. Yeah, that's a good answer too. (laughs) Pardon? I said that's a good answer too. You don't need one. Uh, I I think it's just to always live with integrity. Mm. Yeah. What's your spirit animal? Oh, okay. So I'm, I have two cats and I can, I'm quite cat like, Mm -hmm. I like my personal space, but sometimes I like, you know, to hang out and be cuddled, but, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I'm like quite independent, um, quite food driven, love food. (laughs) We'll come up for food. I I, I, it's not exotic. I could have picked a cooler animal, but you know, true. honestly, that answer has been reflected back quite often with cat by people <laughs> in the past. So I think you're on to something there. Um, if you were a color, what color would you be? Mm. I wear a lot of black. Mm-hmm. But when I've been doing meditations and things, my aura has always been orange. Oh, that's great. I love that. Mm-mm. Off the top of your head, what are three things that are making you happy right now? Um, coffee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mm, what is making me happy right now? Homebody Club. Mm-hmm. So just being able to have a creative outlet but also have um, that feeling of purpose and drive and excitement in what I do and my job. Um, yeah, I'm so that makes me so happy. Mm-hmm. Um, and just my relationships in general, so friendships, family, um, and partner, the fact that we're all stepping up at the moment to make sure that we're connecting, mm-hmm. um, you know, over FaceTime or Zoom or chat, text message, just the fact that we're all really making a conscious decision to connect. And that makes me, yeah, so happy that we're all supporting each other during this time. Mm-hmm. When you think of being human, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Uh, Messiness. Oh, I love that so much. That's such a good raw answer. (laughs) (laughs) And then lastly, where can people find you? So you can find me. um, The website is homebodyclub.com. Instagram is homebodyclub. Pinterest is Homebody Club, Facebook Homebody Club, everything Homebody Club. (laughs) So good. And I'll add all the show links for any of you who want to connect with Lucy and become a part of the membership. You are going to be so addicted. I promise you this work is truly magical. So Lucy, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us today and for just being such a light through all that you put out into the world. I'm so grateful. Thank you so much for creating the space and, yeah, having me on. Thank you so much. You're welcome. I mean, isn't Lucy everything? I just loved that episode so much. It flowed so organically. I mean, they always do, but, like, this was just one of those episodes where I just felt like I was sitting down with a new friend for coffee and we were just sharing little bits and pieces of our lives. And I think that's why podcasting is just so magical. She's all the way in Australia 
We recorded this at 6 p.m. in Chicago. It was 10 a.m. for Lucy. And just the fact and the ability that we can do that is just not lost on me. And I'm just really, really feeling overwhelmingly grateful that I get to share people like Lucy and share, you know, experts and people with such expansive minds with all of you in hopes that, like, you get to dive into what the work that they're doing and the messages that they're sharing with the world. So... My cup runneth over. I'm so grateful that you're here. If you have just a few seconds, would you mind going over to iTunes and leaving a five-star rating and review if you feel so inclined? It really helps the podcast to keep organically growing and just land in the laps of people who might need episodes like this one with Lucy. Um, Thank you so, so much, and I cannot wait to see you back here next week.